All right, everyone. Welcome to the stream. Welcome to the show, DeFinancial Friday. Got another exciting show for you guys today and a bunch of different topics that we're going to discuss, review the big question that we got this week and tie that into our show. But before we do that, Raymond from Diversified Capital, we're both from Diversified Capital, but Raymond, how are you doing today? Doing good. It's uh, another week gone by. It's Friday again and looking forward to the weekend again. Yeah. How about you? Uh, it's a uh, uh, long week to say the least, <laughs> I think for everybody. Hopefully yeah. if you're joining us, take a deep breath here and kind of uh, think about the week that we've been through. Uh, it's been a long week, of course, I first saw with the election. We still don't know what's going on. We'll talk about that, how that affects the markets, how that has uh, uh, you know, changed some projections going forward. So we got all of that for you. Now, special thing this week, uh, we got a guest joining us. We got Nikki James from Flagstar Bank joining us a little later in the show. The biggest question that we've gotten all week from financial planning has been about uh, mortgages still, whether it's about refinancing, whether it's about where rates are today, there's some confusion about this uh, new fee that might be tacked on by the end of the year for refinancing. So Nikki's going to help us clarify all of that. Uh, but of course, with any of our DeFinancial shows, we're going to start off. Uh, and what a week to start off by talking about what's gone on in the market. Okay, so we're going to give you a little bit of a recap, uh, you know, and tell you about some of the things that we're thinking about. Before we do that, uh, of course, our disclosures, right? Anything that we talk about on the show right now uh, or on any of our shows and streams, right, is not meant to be for personal financial planning or personal financial advice. This is for you guys to absorb uh, as education and just learning a little bit more, okay? And from Diversify Capital, when we talk about anything tax related or investment related, we're not solicitating for you to buy any sorts of investments, right? And for a tax perspective, uh, we're just talking again from a generalized education perspective. The strategy portion, always go to your tax professional. Uh, and again, from us, hopefully just asking the right questions. All right. So what a week. Yeah, I think uh, for us, uh, it's been a little bit of a wild ride. We're going to show a little bit of a ticker at the bottom here. Best week since April, Raymond. What's going on? What are we seeing right now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the most... Uh, Thing that's been kind of looming around everyone is just the elections right uh what we've been seeing with the elections since tuesday uh it's been pretty nerve-wracking to say the least uh in terms of what's been going on but uh it's still too early right to count there's still a lot of couple of states here that uh, are still remaining uh but currently it seems like biden is in the lead uh so hoping to see what's going to happen next i think there's gonna be a little bit more final news tonight but from the elections itself i mean uh, what we saw within the markets really has been because of some certainty around Congress, right? So as of right now, it's it's the de Democrats with the House and the Republicans with the Senate. Uh, so it has that split uh, Congress now, which is actually uh, good news for the market. Historically, the market has done well during the split Congress here. Um, but what we saw within the market is because with this split, it's going to be a lot harder for just legislation to pass, right? Um, things aren't going to get done as easily if it's if it was all Democratic or all Republican. Uh, but with that split, you know, with at least with a lot of uh, tech companies where we've seen a lot of growth or gains this year, this week is going to be because you know there, there won't be an increase in taxes, or there's likelihood that there wouldn't be an increase in taxes at least for the next couple of years, which is what drove the market and primarily tech stocks that we've been seeing. So from this ticker symbol here, you can see that the S and P 500 was up. 
uh, 7.3%. Uh, we have the NASDAQ at 9% and the Dow Jones at 6.9%, right? So, and, and that's this week. That's not, that, that's not, week. that's yeah, not exactly. the year. Like I, I mean, <laughs> if you, if we had that for the year, Raymond, that's a pretty dang good I mean, year. Right. You're just talking exactly. about this week alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, the crazy part is right. Like we talked about in last week's show that the uncertainty around the election, I, I mentioned the process of the election is going to cause like market volatility. Look, volatility happens both ways. Now, did I expect it to go up this much? No, absolutely not. And we'll talk next week. Like, why, like how do you actually navigate things like this? And I'll, I'll highlight this at the end of the show. Like, how do you actually navigate the idea of uh, uh, when uh, big events uh, uh, happen like this? Do we invest now? Do we invest later? So we're going to give you thoughts about isolating some of that noise, right? That's for next week's show. But for this week, just thinking about the idea of Right. The process itself right now, it's still uncertain. I think we're getting more clarity, like Raymond said. And the market does things like pricing in what they think. They price in what the next six months potentially is going to look like. So right now they're pricing in that maybe little to no regulatory changes as well. Right, Raymond, around um, like the big tech firms. Right. If you remember Apple, Google, Amazon, all the CEOs was up on Capitol Hill talking to Congress about what it meant for certain uh, how they conduct business. Right. Are there uh, antitrust violations? The thought is, if we have a split government, some of those may fall to the wayside and that that isn't a primary focus anymore. Well, if that's the case, that's why they've surged right now particularly some of the other stocks like Uber and Lyft. Those guys got a huge bump this week. Why? Well, specifically in California, Proposition 22 passed, allowing them to specify a separate class of employees, right? Um, And that has allowed them, I mean, they pushed, I mean, by the way, Prop 22 was the best funded bill of all time in California when it comes to uh, 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 trying to lobby for it. They got it to pass. Uh, and now they're going to be in a position uh, to potentially plan their business a little bit better, right? There's less uncertainty about that proposition. They went up. So as you can hear me talk about the markets, sometimes it's about that uncertainty. Removing uncertainty makes it that the markets are going to do better. Right now, I'm not saying that there's no uncertainty. There's still a ton, but I think there's a little bit more clarity that, for example, there wasn't some blue wave that swept over everything. And now the Democrats are going to be able to impose all the different things that we talked about. Um, From a market standpoint, I think that would maybe would have been tough. Right now, they're projecting that split, that stagnation in uh, our, our government. And thus, you have some increases in the market, not just some, best week since April, right? The other thing, right? The other thing, Raymond, we saw healthcare stocks jump quite a bit. And I think it's the same thing, right? That there's been talk about like pharmaceutical regulations, right? Uh, Pharmaceutical prices, drug prices, again, that may also be falling to the wayside. We saw some like United Healthcare, some of these stocks just jump dramatically. Okay. And so from our perspective right now, all we're saying is the market is thinking that things aren't going to change as quickly as maybe even the Democrats have hoped or one party would hope if it's split, right? Things are going to be remain more static and thus it could be good for the market. Yeah, okay. definitely. And I mean, we're not necessarily out of the woods yet, right? There's yeah, still, true. you know, with the elections, that was one of the items that we mentioned last week in terms of the market uncertainty. Um, so that's kind of just checking one other item off the box. But I would imagine with the elections, um, that there's still probably going to be some type of recount that you know Trump might request for, depending on how close these votes are, 
and it's looking like that right these these last three to four states are super close to each other yeah. uh in terms of the votes so we'll, we'll just need to see how that goes so you know what a good week that we saw this uh past week uh but necessary not necessary out of the woods i mean there's still the coronavirus right that's still there that maybe people might have forgotten about the coronavirus I like how you said that raymond it's still there yes yeah, yeah. we are um, all still being affected by exactly. it uh, um, what was it 20 percent jump in cases yeah i think we read somewhere that there was a 20 percent jump in cases and there was a record of 121,000 in a single day yeah geez um i mean so, i, I, I feel like way. I feel like in March and April, when that was the case, when we were looking at seven day moving averages, mm -hmm. when the moving average was headed up, the market was trended down. When the mark, the seven day average was trending down, the markets were moving up. Mm -hmm. At this point, maybe again, you know, people just put focus, the market puts focus on different things. Coronavirus, maybe not right up against the focus at the moment, but yeah. it will come back, right? People will focus on different things. And I think that number is going to uh, affect uh how we look especially headed into winter especially headed into a condition maybe that the coronavirus does thrive a little bit more we have to be very careful um and so you know ultimately uh you know there's a, a uh, concern still that backdrop of, of volatility but at least right now the market seems to have you know ignored some of that and uh again not all uh, uh smoke and mirrors right corporate earnings we talked about last meeting is still doing well uh, exactly. companies have learned to cut cost mm -hmm. if you're spending less revenue stays the same you still make more money right and so i think that's what you're seeing right now in companies as they're projecting their earnings now i'm going to touch upon one more thing before we jump into nikki uh and bringing nikki onto the show here talking about the mortgage which is bond yields now we always talk about stock markets it's the fun thing right that rises it goes down but bonds actually are a very important indicator, also a very important part of the market. Bonds, it's like debt, right? Think about it uh, as uh, whether it's you're borrowing money from someone and paying interest, the other person actually owns that bond or the other way around where you're investing in bonds, it means that you're lending somebody money and collecting interest. That's how bonds work. Well, bonds can be issued by companies. It could be issued by governments. Uh, if you look at uh, the, the treasury, which is bonds issued by governments, right? Uh, we're talking about bond yields that generally can be a good indication of what people are thinking long term. So stock markets, right? You see again at the bottom that it's gone up. But right after the election, bond yields actually dipped dramatically. I think there was a concern there that, um, you know, with how the election was going, that we would see maybe some long term decline in growth. But I don't think that's decided yet because it's fluctuated a little bit more last uh, uh, a day here as Biden has edged a little bit more of the lead. Right. The actual uh, uh, bond yields have actually come back up a little bit. And 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 that's where Nikki, I'm going to bring Nikki on in just a second here to talk about rates themselves, because bond yields, maybe not a, sometimes a direct uh, uh, influence, but it does drive where the interest rates are. OK, so I just. Maybe in a future show, I'll talk a little bit more about bonds because I certainly think that it's a little bit more misunderstood in the market. But guess True. what? This yeah. year, bonds are still up uh, a decent amount. Bonds have stabilized a lot of our clients' portfolios and bonds serve as a way to balance out a portfolio that you don't always have to have the aggressive allocation. And again, I'll tie that in maybe like next week thinking about best ways to invest in this environment.
All right. Going to bring Nikki on now. We're going to talk a little bit more financial planning. We're going to talk about mortgages. Nikki, how are you doing? Happy Friday. I'm great. Thank you. Happy Friday to you. It is very Friday. <laughs> it is very Friday. I think we are already uh, to be getting a cocktail here and there. Yeah. Definitely fried. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We love having you on. Thank you. Uh, uh, as our, our, our viewers have seen, Nikki's been on a lot of our different webinars, yep. answering different questions. So bringing on uh, her on to D Financial Fridays for the first time here, and actually our first guest on D Financial Friday, right? So we're excited to have you. Thank we're you. Talk awesome. about mortgage rates, right? We're going to talk about mortgage questions. Um, give us a little sense right now, uh, Nikki. What are you seeing? Maybe uh, headed into the election, but now. Have there been fluctuation in rates? Like, what are you seeing on your side? Sure. Yeah, I mean, there have been, but they, they're not tremendous. So we definitely saw some tightening before the election. We saw rates pop up a little bit. Um, it's not that material. It's maybe an eighth of a point, maybe a quarter on some particular products or some profiles. But uh, it's really been a great time um, and continues to be. So yes, after the election Wednesday, we saw um, rates go down. So, you know, the sitting in the, you know, the high twos, I, I, I have a hard time saying a two in front of an interest rate, but <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's just like it is, they're in the high twos. So two and three quarters on most loans. What's interesting yeah. is we're really not seeing as huge of a difference between jumbo and conforming. So jumbo loans or anything that's above in our area, 765. Those are loans that don't conform to Fannie and Freddie's rules. And it used to be that we had a much bigger spread between those two. And I was pricing a few purchases today and whether you were conforming or just, it just didn't matter. And even mm -hmm. though we used to have a distinction between, so nationally it's 510 is the conforming limit. And there used to be quite a big distinction from 510 to the 765, which is what we call high balance conforming. It's just for high cost areas, which we fall into. And it's kind of flattened across the board, which is, um, you know, the first time I've really seen it that flat. We right after COVID um, hit and we had some tightening, the high balance, because it's unique to our area, really bumped. Um, mm -hmm. And those in some cases were higher than Jumbo, uh, which is the above 765. So it's just been interesting how they've kind of played around. And now we're just kind of at a, a flat sort of two and three quarters, two and seven eighths. Um, you know, I mean, obviously that's for the high, high, uh, profile of credit score down payment yeah. it's all of that good fun stuff but i yeah. mean that's a perfect segue uh, uh right there like you talked about like profile and qualifications has that changed i mean i know that like covid in march right like we had a lot of clients especially and we don't have to get into the details about like self-employment and 1099 but just in general i knew that the qualification remarks or and, and requirements changed a little bit how, how has that changed throughout the last right, six months or, or, or so headed into November now. Um, what are you seeing in terms of difficulty for qualifying for mortgage? Uh, is it harder? Is it is it easier? What are you seeing? Yeah, great question. You know, it's sort of like interest rates, they'll spike and then trickle down. Well, the same with the guidelines. As soon as COVID hit, we're like, oh my gosh, sky's falling. Okay, we can't do this, we can't do that. So we, <laughs> we took away a lot of the higher loan to value things. Uh, we were concerned about credit scores if we were seeing people who are, especially if we have any, um, uh forbearances you know that's where you actually call the lender and, and and put your payments on hold which was a thing that was allowed except it was didn't help you in the credit because mm. we won't do the loan if you've done that so um so it, it sort of definitely fell off a cliff a little bit uh initially and now we're seeing it trickle back so just this week we bought back our equity lines to a 90 percent loan to, combined loan to value and what that means is that we're willing to accept risk 
on the values of homes. So we're not mm. we're not frightened at the markets falling out of values because we're allowing a 10% equity position as in when we're in second position, which is the most risky position you can be in. Um, we're seeing non-owner occupied loans coming back. Those are always the ones that go away first because yep. if you're going to foreclose on anything, you're going to keep your house over your head and you're going to let the investment property go. So those ones tightened up, um, second homes tightened up. So it's all, it's slowly coming back. You know, each week we get a little, oh, we've got this again and oh, we've got that again. So it's, um, it's definitely headed in the right direction. I think we've just kind of got used to this new normal. You know, I think it's, I think it's going to be here for a while and we've yeah. like, okay, especially, yeah. I mean, so these rules aren't specific to our area. They are nationwide rules, uh, Fannie, Freddie, nationwide things. So, uh, and the jumbo market too, but we're definitely, I think as an industry, figuring that people can work from home, you know, that they can continue to have a job and they can continue to, to make their payments. And so we're saying, okay, you know, it's not yeah. good. We don't like it, but you know, and but people still need to borrow, right? Yeah. Like, like in, more so yeah. actually, because now they're figuring out the houses don't work for them because they've got the kid, and you know, they're, they're, I, don't, yeah. I can't tell you how many people I talk to whose like office is in their closet. Yeah, I mean, my office is in my bedroom. You just can't tell right now in the show, right? Uh, and so, if I put my camera out, it's a whole different ball game, right? And so, um, but you know, and and I think that goes to a point where like you know, it's good to hear that. Lending is still happening. It's not like you can't get a loan. Of course, you still need the right qualifications. I think you talked about a little bit to me before the meeting about um, like bridge loans. And we've covered this before in a separate webinar, right? Uh, yeah. But you're seeing a lot of that right now too? Tremendous amount of it. It's one of our most popular products. Um, people don't want to have to go out and sell their house then move into a rental because in our area you can't sell a house while you're living in it especially in covid but in like before you know we're pretty picky we want to walk into a house that's nicely staged we don't want to see people's clutter around and so you have to move out get it staged and look pretty and in covid you don't want to walk into somebody else's house or have people yeah. come into the house so it's even more important that you can move and so people don't want to have to move into a rental or move in with parents who are worried that they've got the grandkids with them and they're going to get covid so it's it's really changed things um so it basically what a bridge loan does is it enables you to release some of that equity to put down on the new house um so that you can then move into the new house before you've sold the old house move into the new house do all the fun stuff and the fix up on the old house and then sell it and then restructure the loan so it's been a very popular product i, I actually had a question come in um and i wanted to bring it up to you uh, does like you talk about qualifications and and someone just asked me like does co-borrowing like affect mortgage rates like like if it's is it any different if like it's a, a husband and wife borrowing versus like daughter and parents borrowing right is there any difference in in, in that uh from that perspective and then follow-up question to that would be like you know um like having that loan versus how they're titled on the actual home like needing both of them on title or does only one of them need to be uh, uh, there's only one of them need to be on title. I actually get that titling question a lot, but maybe the first part, like does the co-borrowing affect rates? Great question. And generally, if you're all occupying, we don't care. So you can have a multi-generational, you know, families mm -hmm. all occupying, doesn't matter. You don't have to be married. We're not picky, you know, nothing. There's, there's no judgment there. As everybody just goes into the pot. Where it gets a little trickier is if you have a non-occupant co-borrower, mm. where a parent's helping a kid, or we have it the other way around, where a kid's helping a parent, or 
you know, I have actually a um, set of cousins who are buying together. Um, so when it's a non-occupant co-borrower, there are different rules with different certain loans. So in the jumbo market, generally, a non-occupant co-borrower doesn't really help you because the occupant's debt-to-income ratio still has to fit our rules, still has I to fit guidelines. But we do have some options. We have a couple that came out, I don't know, six, eight months ago, and they didn't go away with COVID, which I was really happy to see, where we blend ratios. What that means is we just put you all in the pot, even if one of you is not living, and we just ah. say, this is the debt-to-income ratio. And, of course, we have to use whatever. So let's say it's mom and dad helping out the kids. We have to count mom and dad's debt on wherever they're living as well. But as long as there's enough income in the whole transaction to qualify, then no, it's absolutely possible to do it. So that um, parent-child thing is a more unique loan. You won't find it with every investor, but we do have it out there. So it's it's certainly possible. And, and in that situation where it's one person's living, one person's not living in the home, do both of them need to be on title because both own are part of the loan or does one of them need to be on title? So as a general rule, yes, they both need to be on title because we, if we want to foreclose, we want to foreclose, we can't, you can't indebt something that you don't own. So mm. if they're not, you know, but that's, it has changed. We do have a couple of options where you, it's not common, but there are a couple of options where you don't have to be on title. You can be a, a, a debt only borrower. I see. Um, but it's less common. It's more common that we want you to be. And in that case, you would hold title. Um, there's different ways obviously i mean we can do a whole webinar on how to hold title but yeah. um you know normally you'll hold it as tenants in common Got it. and a lot of people get really confused with tenants in common here because they're like oh tenants in common i've heard of those in the city those are those properties that you buy as a TA. Yeah. that's yeah. different that's yeah. that's ownership yeah. to the house so um and that's a completely different funding you can't get conventional finance with a tic in the city but yeah. what we're talking about is how you and mom hold title so I maybe see. mom and dad have a trust and you're the kid. So it's it's the trust holding title in tenants in common with the kid. Got and then it. you can split it 50-50, 60-40, however you want. Yeah, yeah. And so it sounds like there are options out there, right, um, to, to make that work. And again, but not everybody. And, 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 and you know what? Even what you've talked about in terms of lending regulations, I've seen very, I mean, it, through COVID time, the, you know, certain banks are much more conservative than others, right? Uh, we've run into situations where one bank wouldn't do it, but another would, right? And so uh, mm -hmm. I think that's uh, something that you guys just have to, our viewers have to be aware of that what we're talking about is just general trends that we are seeing right now. I did want to Get to the main question though, like why, like why are we talking about mortgages right now? Because I got a ton of questions over the past week about people wanting to like rush in to get their refinances done because they heard of some fee that was going to get applied uh, by the end of the year. I think there's a, 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 a misunderstanding of this, right? And Nikki, share a little bit about what this fee is, what it's called and uh, how should we best think about that fee? Yes, yeah, so it's called the adverse uh, market fee. It's a half of a point on any loan up to either the 510 nationally or the 765 locally. It's already priced in, which is mm. probably why we're seeing less distinction between the refis between conforming and jumbo because that's priced in. It's also not a half of a point in rate. It's a half of a point in fee. So what that means mm. is that's the discount point. So normally a half of a point will yeah, maybe get you an eighth lower in rate probably not even actually it's, it's, it depends on any given date so anywhere from three eighths to three quarters is kind of what you'll get if you put that up front you'll get a lower rate so right now you're being charged that so essentially what i'm saying is, is if we took that out of the conforming market you'd probably see those rates an eighth lower 
I but see. It's already in. And it's already in because these are loans we're delivering to the market. When we lock a loan today, we have a delivery of, we probably lock it for 60 days, and then we have a probably a 30-day delivery pad behind that because it takes us a while to get it all packaged up and sold to the secondary market. So these are this this came in a while ago. Now, it was interesting because it came in back when they did it originally. I forget what it was, like June or something. So we put it in right away, and then they extended it. And then they said, okay, no, sorry, we won't do it. We'll punt it until December. So it's not being punted. To do, and it's, it's not clear if it'll actually stick. So what happened for the people who locked back in June when it was already in there, priced in, and it never ended up happening is we went back and we gave people lower rates. So we were able to lower their rate. But you're saying it's actually in already, like it's already, like if you're getting quoted for a loan and it's 2.875, right? That's already priced into the price itself. It's already priced in and you will see some lenders who will say, oh, we don't have it in there. But if you actually look at the bottom line of rates, it's priced in. It's sort of like, when people say, oh, I've got a no-cost loan, well, there is no such thing. We still have to send an appraiser out. The escrow company still has to do their job. It's just, yeah. it's in there somewhere. It's, you yep. know. Got it, got it. I think that helps a lot of people that, to, you know, we'll probably worry. between Raymond and I, just seeing clients okay. asking us right now, I'd be like, well, if you're getting quoted a rate, the rate is already part of that usually, and it's already priced in. If you like the rate, right? If we talk about that rate makes sense, yep. you won't have to worry about that cost because it's already in there. Yeah, don't try and time it. Just don't worry about that. There are so many, we call them LL, um, loan level pricing adjustments, LLPAs. There's all sorts of stuff in there. So if you actually looked at a loan that gets priced, it's like, what's your credit score? What's the loan to value? You know, there's many things that go in line items. And it's just one of the things in there. You never see that as a client, you just get the rate. So I would just focus on the rate. If you're happy with the rate, forget that. I like it. I like it. Keep it simple. That's always our idea, right? Like if you, if you look at it today, right? don't worry about where it's going to go. Uh, which again, uh, will tie into us talking about investments next week. But again, those are all the questions I had, Nikki. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you You're so much. For... Always. I love joining you guys. Yeah. It's awesome for us to, to have you on. Our clients can hear directly from the professionals about what the mortgage side looks like. Uh, but again, thank you for joining us. Hope you have a good Friday. Hope you can go Absolutely. get your martini now and, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> Yeah, a few of you must get through before that, but it's, uh, it's the carry is out there. So thanks for having me on, guys. Lovely to see you all. Awesome. Thank, thank, you, thank you. you. All right. Well, again, thank you to Nikki for joining us, helping yeah. us answer some questions around mortgages. Uh, and you know what? This is what we're going to do, right? We're going to be uh, summarizing a bunch of the questions that we get over the week from a financial planning perspective and sharing it with you. And I already know what the next week's show is already going to be, right? We've gotten so many questions this week uh, around investing. I think people are just confused, Raymond, about, I mean, this year has been difficult, okay? But like if you, if you, difficult in many ways, but if you think about the investing side, yeah. how do you know, right? How do you know when the right time is? If I'm thinking about timing, if I'm looking at market, nothing seems to make sense. When do I start to invest? And that's what we're going to touch upon next week, right? Yeah. We're going to touch upon this next week about in a situation where you have an environment like this, how do I manage my investments? How do I manage getting into the market? Do I get out of the market? Um, should I be fearful? I'm going to touch upon all of that. Uh, I'm going to also give us an idea, some thoughts from, of course, one of our all-time famous investors, Warren Buffett. I was been listening to a little bit of podcasts and, and he brought up some really good points about thinking about your investment decisions. And so I'll tie that into next week. It's also gonna be as crazy as it sounds, almost the end of the year. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, I mean, for me, tax wise is going to be a big thing for clients, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think we're going to try to tie in a little bit of what Raymond and I think about uh, in terms of uh, uh, discussing with clients, um, you know, key pieces to watch out for. Are there ways to project your taxes? Um, and so just a little bit of tax education and tax questions that you might want to be asking yourselves before we head towards the end of the year here. Yeah. All pretty right. exciting. Uh, pretty exciting topics for next week. I feel like it's a uh, very common uh, questions that we get around investments and, and taxes. So we'll be addressing that next week. Feel free to comment, uh, you know, within our pages as well on Facebook. If you, if there's any topics that you as a listener want to, want to hear about as well, or have us discuss. So feel free to add any comments in there. Yeah. And for those of you wondering, I know that uh, if you've been following us for a little bit, Nathan is usually on our show as well. Nathan, one of our other partners at Diversified Capital, he's uh, taking a little bit of a leave for family reasons. Uh, if you're watching, Nathan, we're thinking about you uh, and we hope to have you back on the show soon. But in the meantime, we've got Raymond and uh, myself holding down the fort and excited yeah. to have you guys continue to join us on DeFinancial Fridays. Thank you, everyone. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a great Friday, and we'll talk soon. All right.